0: Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered.
1: Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. It's Mercer. I am here as always with Jeff Sauer. And today we are talking about failing versus being a failure. So Jeff, I'm going to throw this over to you. How do you define kind of the failing part of that versus the being a failure part of that.
0: Yeah. So I look at failing as something that I do every day. <laughs> failing is is a natural part of life and it's just that you think something's gonna happen and it doesn't happen how you think it's gonna happen, right? So it's it's failing, it's a failure failing versus expectations, let's say. If you're lifting weights and you try to put up something that you have never lifted before and you can't, that's failing. Right Um, now, being a failure is ultimately giving up. It's 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 the it's a finality, right? So failing is a verb. It's happening. It happens all the time. A failure is something where you have given up on that idea. Now, there's being a failure as a person. There's being a failure for a certain business line you try to launch. There's a failure in trying to make the NFL, right? Or my dream of being an NBA basketball player. Um, Yeah, I'm a failure at being an NBA basketball player, but doesn't mean that I'm there forever, right? So I think failing. Um, a lot of people are afraid of failing, which I want to unpack for sure, but a lot of, you know, but some people are more comfortable with being a failure or, or they think that failing is the same as being a failure. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my definition. Do you look at it the same way or do you look at it differently?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, everything's feedback. I try to figure out as much as possible, um, how to avoid an emotional definition. And I think success is equally as emotionally, um, powerful that way, where it's like, you can get too addicted to success or have feel of success and you can have too addicted to failure and have failure failures and everything else. So for me, it's all about feedback. Uh, but I think to your point about the, you know, there's the failure is just feedback stuff and which I, I sort of, I'm definitely a part of that. And then there's being a failure for me is it's an identity, right? Where you, where you've decided this is the thing. Um, and, and, and I think that word failure is tough for a lot of people because they do beat themselves up. Uh, for it and and determining that you are a failure versus okay, this is just one way that didn't work. Let's find another way. You know, um, I I kind of lean more toward that second approach um, because if I define something as a failure, it feels like it's a stopping point and there's this you know midlife crisis you know or something like that that sort of just emotionally sticks with me a little harder. Um, using those words, Does that
0: make sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, and you just made me think of something. And that is, you know, a lot of people are, you know, like imposter syndrome, like that's Mm. a classic example of your expectation for yourself versus other people's expectation for you. Right. So a lot of people think they're failures because they're not at their, their expectations, but you could be successful in other people's minds because they're more successful than you think. Like this happens to me all the time actually is like, people are like, yeah, Jeff, you're so successful. And compared to what they expected I, that I was going to be, I am successful, but right. I still have a long way to go. And so I don't really c- consider myself successful in that way. It's not false modesty. It's that I have bigger goals, right? Yeah. So, so I was like, if you only
1: knew what I was trying yeah, to do, and, and right? I think this,
0: is, I think this is why mental health is so challenging for entrepreneurs yeah. is that exact reason is that we, we want to go higher yet. We're successful. People, other people want to be at us. Like we're other people's ideal of where they want to be. And it's like, I still have. 10 more years doing this thing to get to where I want to go. So in that sense, I'm a failure until I'm successful. So it's weird. You can actually have everything in the world yet not be happy if you consider yourself a failure of that goal. So, you know, obviously, um, you can, you can consider yourself a failure, but be successful to everybody else's mind. You can be, you know, imposter syndrome can take over where you're comparing yourself to like the top person in their field. That can be a challenge. And I've been guilty of that many times. I think I'm getting, I've gotten better about it right now, you know, celebrating the in between, but yeah, failing versus being a failure is something that it can be an everyday struggle for people. Have you ever experienced that yourself?
1: Oh, all the time. And I think, I think it's imposter syndrome is a, th- you know, I don't know. Like, it, I, it's a thing, you know. I, I've I've listened to podcasts and things like that around that, and a lot of psychologists where they're like, "Oh, it's here's some different ways to handle that," or. But I think it, it is it is this mindset. Like when you go for me, it'll be going to the masterminds, right? So I go to these high level masterminds I'm meeting other business owners who are running, you know, companies that are doing hundreds of millions of dollars, and I'm like, oh, like what am I doing with my life? You know, I've got this little company that I used to be super proud of and was highly profitable, and I have, you know enough money coming in and then some each month, right? So I can have savings in retirement. And right before I was joining that mastermind, I was perfectly happy with my situation, just trying to improve it a little bit. And then I saw what this other person who's half my age is done in like a week, you know? And I'm like, oh, like, okay. But if I do that, it's sort of like I lost the game. Right, so I, I try to put myself in that strategy mindset of okay, this is just this is just feedback, and try and this is the lesson I am constantly learning because it is a hard lesson. Not comparing yourself to others ever. They are all playing, like we're all playing different games. You and I individually, as much as we have a lot of overlap in in what we do, we're playing very different games and we always will because you have your version of the game and I have my version of the game, but they're siloed, but we can see each other's, right? And it's kind of like that. I can see how you're playing it and you can see how I'm playing it. But you didn't, you didn't know what my kit was in the beginning when I started the game. And I don't know what yours was when you started, when you were beginning the game. And so if I compare myself to you, not realizing like, oh, well, you won the lottery uh, at $100 million last week. And that's why you have a $55 million company because you spent $100 million in ads, but you actually lost $50 million. Like, I can see that stuff all the time. Right. So I just try not to judge or at least try to remember as much as possible. Like, Hey, they're in their own silo. It might look like they're better, but compared to your point, compared to your, to what they're, what they're seeing with their own internal mindset is they might be feeling like a horrible failure with what's going on. So it's dangerous to, to kind of confuse the games, if you will. Right. To, to, you know, merge those together. So I just try to keep it up to, you know, and, and this is, it goes back to, uh, you know, the Dan Sullivan, uh, you know, strategic coach, which I liked his stuff a lot, where he was talking about, you know, just comparing yourself to where you just were, yeah, as opposed to where somebody else is. Like, see how far you've grown. Um, and and really, that's a ah, that's a skill. Like that is not a natural feeling. You know, you have yeah. to learn that. That's a muscle. I think a lot of people have to develop. Maybe there's some people that are naturally gifted in that. As as you know, some people play baseball better than others. Um, so maybe there's people that do that. I didn't. I had to develop that skill and constantly go, hey, you know what? It's not about what Jeff's company's doing. It's about what we're doing and how far we've made or what we've done in our own little game. You know, and then using that whole feedback system over and over. That's how we've um, been able to sort of, or at least me personally, navigate my my mindset. So I'm not stuck in the swamp that can be this whole, you know, beating yourself up over failing type mentality.
0: Yeah, I really like that a lot. I mean, I, it's interesting, like, we just unpacked something that I've never thought of or articulated before. But it's like, it's really that what motivates us is the feeling of failure. So going into those masterminds, I've done it too, like, I, I sometimes want to avoid it. Because I don't like, I don't want to network. Because I'm like, I already have enough stuff to deal. I'm already, you know, in my world, small world. But the opening up the world sometimes does expose you that you are. It makes you feel like a failure. But you have to feel like a failure in order to be successful, right? So every time you want to go to the next level of of your life and what you're doing, you have to have that feel feeling of being a failure. But that does not mean you're a failure. A failure, by our definition when we started, is giving up, right? So you can feel like you're a failure. That failure, that feeling of failure, if you use it as a motivator, it is what gets you to be 10x better than, than you've ever been before. It, it makes you your best self. And so that's the thing is like harnessing it. If you get rid of that and you avoid it entirely, you will never go beyond. And then at the end of the career, you may be a failure of meeting your goals if your goals are ambitious enough. Or the cool thing is if you just say, Hey, I don't want to expose myself to anybody else. I don't want to talk to these masterminds. I don't want to go into, I don't want to be the the smallest house, the cheapest house in the block. I want to be the most expensive one. I want to be the big fish in the small pond. If you want to be there, well then that you can get that feeling, but you just can never get outside of it because once you get exposed to what else you could be, it's going to be challenging, right? So yeah. happy life is not having as much ambition. Um, i and in theory, but then again, look at the big fish in the small pond in high school, like the captain of the football team. Who's not, who's never left the town. Right. It's like, that is, is that an, is that what you really want too? like? I always think that I want to peak in my fifties or sixties. That's where I'm at. you know, like I want to be, I want to peak later in life and that's, that's yeah. where I, I'm doing it. So I think that feeling of failure, I'm in my for early forties, like is good now because it will lead to. it's, it's on my path to peaking. So I have to go out there and get out of my comfort zone and constantly upgrade things. Even though I'm, I'm, I am way more successful than I ever, than anybody ever expected of me. The only person who expected the, who thought that I could, that I could do more is me, right? The only person (laughs) to be accountable is to myself. (laughs) Um, Crazy, right? So um, you you also said something, you know, it's, so part of it's how you define failure and success. If you decide, define this as if you adjust your mindset, and realize that you are past where you should be, and you tell yourself that you, you'll never be a failure—not a day in your life. If you if you have the right mindset, you'll never be a failure a day in your life. Now, the last thing, and I'll hand it over to you, is just this the saying, "Don't hate the player, hate the game." <laughs> you were yeah. actually mentioning like sometimes it's all about the game you're playing in. Um, yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game. If you don't like that, change the game that you're playing in. Um, you know, you don't have to you don't have to have envy of other people. Um, Or you can put it into terms you understand. So like I I went to a conference in 2023 and there's a guy who was bragging about how he had a $50 million company. And then I got into it and the margins are so small and they spend so much money on advertising and they lose money. So it's like a 50 million dollar company that loses money as you were mentioning before who has venture capitalists who are threatening to sue him because they did some pivots and some changes you know like is that successful so top line revenue is one thing but i've learned not to ever let somebody like i don't i don't worry too much about top line revenue and people bragging about it i'm more focused on the substance the profit and and how good did they do like what impact did they make so those are some some things that you can think about is that the only part the that you have to worry about is your game with yourself. Cause that's the only time you can ever be a failure. Right.
1: Right. Which, which you control the rules on, you know? So for example, you know, going back to the, to that mastermind concept only because it's a really good way of um, where you, you're putting yourself in an arena where you naturally start to compare yourself to others. I think when you're doing that or at conferences or when you're hanging out with your friends or whatever, um, you know, who's driving the car that's nicer than yours, all that fun stuff. But it's like, when I, when I go to these mastermind groups, and I've been on both sides of it, where I have been, the the big fish in the group. And the problem with that is as much as I can help others kind of climb up, that's not why I'm in the group for, right? Assuming that I'm I'm a participant, it's not my mastermind, right? But if I'm I'm a participant, I I need help. Well, in order for me to get help, I have to be around other people who have done things better than me, right? Or further ahead of me in some way, shape or form. So I'm quite literally throwing myself into the belly of the beast, right? I'm putting myself in the fires where I'm going to be uncomfortable because I have to be. I have to see like, oh, why are you doing it that way and spending 28 hours doing this when you could use this other tool over here that we've been using as a company for three years that you didn't know existed. I'm like, oh, you know, and and, and immediately I go, okay, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. It's not a failure that we've been doing it the wrong way for three years. It's uncomfortable now to know that I've been doing it the wrong way for three years and we're going to fix it because I'm uncomfortable with that. Now that I can see that there's another opportunity. So I, we use that as a tactic, you know, to, you know, to to do that. So I I use the masterminds to do that. And I try to get into masterminds where, and I've literally told uh, groups, this uh, and owners of different groups this, where I'm like, Hey, I feel like I'm the bottom 20% here. And that's exactly where I want to be. You know, because if I'm there, there's a lot more people, a lot more people that are successful. That means there's a lot more people that I can reach out to. And some that I'm going to have better relationships with than the others, which puts the probabilities in my favor, that I'm actually going to be able to get some usefulness out of the, out of the mastermind because I'm in the bottom 20% of it. Right. Um, So I, I kind of look at it like that, but I'm always like, is this not a failure. It's, it's either feedback in my head or it's just uncomfortable where I feel like, okay, I I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to grow. Um, And I think it goes back to your initial definition, uh, which I liked a lot when you were talking about being a failure, it's you've decided that the game has ended at least for that little part of it. And it's failed, and now it's a thing, and it becomes an identity. And it, and it, and for me, I find that very difficult. Which is good. I think that's a skill that I've developed over time. I don't think I did that, you know, when I was younger, um, but I certainly do now. Where I'm like, hey, this is just a, a momentary blip, right? And it been, been, to be honest, I think a lot of that trading is why you and I probably think a lot like this too. Is data uh, because you understand, you know, you start to realize like, not a single point of data can a decision make. It's not one study that you know determine what happens. It's a series of studies and the. And patterns that those studies sort of allude to that you can rely on. So, I never look at a single point of data ever, period, good or bad. I can't. You need those trends and patterns to to see if it's going the right direction, you know, the things you're trying to get you, you know, results you want or results that you don't. Um, And that's so I guess it's as we go into tactics, are there any sort of either, you know, mental tactics or SOPs or things like that that you're putting in place that can? help guard against because I think that's what it is. It's like people need guardrails because you don't realize you're in the failure mindset until you're in it and then you're in the swamp. Right. And the the whole trick is like, don't jump in the swamp, just kind of walk around it. You recognize that it's there and then walk around it. So for me, that's being uncomfortable. I go, Oh, this is just feedback. That's making me uncomfortable. All right. I'm, I see that swamp of failure. I'm going to walk around it to get, you know, to move things forward. How do you handle that?
0: Yeah. So you touched on something that I had written down and that is that failing is data. Every time you fail, you are collecting data about something, right? So if you try an email subject line, it doesn't do well. That's just data. If you do an ad that doesn't work, that's just data. And that's actually a growth mindset. And I think that everybody, like that's mindset right there, but you have to have a lot of micro failures in order to be successful or to, to, you know, to be successful in your, in your vision later on. So if you take the approach that failure is data, that's a good thing. Now, the question is once the data becomes in one data point means nothing at all right um but also you have to have a certain amount of instinct and faith to say is this one failure do i change everything or do i change a little thing and this is and, and also you know say you do an email campaign um one email not getting opened is a is a is failing but if the whole campaign doesn't meet your goals that is a failure right that that campaign failed to reach our goals and so that we failed in that game that that month that we are sending things. And sometimes you have to have the reaction time to be able, to, you know, you can't, you can't like, I'm all about data, but you can't do this 10 times without making adjustments and and say, oh yeah, I'm just collecting data. No business reality has 10 months to to be collecting data, right? You have maybe two months tops, right? And you're, you do this thing weekly. You look at the metrics weekly and say, okay, what did we learn? What did we fail? Like you have to, like, you have to have, you have to extrapolate from, incomplete data sets all the time. Um, there will never be perfect data, but at least you're addressing that and you're using a second dimension to what you're looking at as opposed to just pure gut instinct or pure, hey, I learned this in my mastermind, right? So the the correct order I would say tactically is is you, you gather all the information. A mastermind is just another data point. I'm in a group right now, a WhatsApp group with like online course creators and there's a, a discussion going like, hey, have you like, what are you using for your tripwire and lead magnet? Some people are saying, I don't use one. Some people are saying, hey, I use this one, but it stopped working in the second half of the year. Some people are saying that. Well, that's now six data points. So a Mastermind gave me six data points versus me building a tripwire product, having it go out there, spending a month, building it, getting designers, getting writers, getting all those things, sending the emails, and then having it not work right? So now I have six data points. And then I go and talk to another guy, I read a case study on online, that's seven data points. And then I read this. And so like, ultimately, we're, we're, we're appealing, we're, we're applying data all the time. And actually, I would say that the safer thing to do is to not be the one that's always going into the front lines, going into it and doing that failing yourself. So I think part of maturity as we go through this thing is like, the reason why we join these things is to learn just as much from how they failed or they succeeded as we did for ourselves. So I stopped being jealous when I go to masterminds. Like It started out that way, you know, now I just go, it's because I'm collecting data and it's actually way easier. That's why I love coaches coaches. Again, I think I talked about this in the last episode, but like I like to be in an agency because I spread ideas. I pollinated ideas between 14 to 20 different corporations at any point in time, a coach can do that too. They could, they're talking to 10, 15 people. I love talking to my attorney. I love talking, actually not so much attorneys, but I like talking to CPAs. CPAs are really good, public accountants. They're really good at saying, hey, yeah, this I have, I have a client who's up. I have a client who's down. And you're getting the macro trends in your own little world, right? So I love just the data points all together. And data will help you feel like you didn't fail. Like it, it's a it's a guard against failing that it is data. But also data is what data from other people can help you prevent from being a failure. And so that's something that I would definitely, um, you know, look at a mindset perspective. Have you ever done that? Do you like, do you ever use other people's data as a way to guard against your failure or, or protect yourself from failing? Yeah and,
1: I, yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit in episode, I want to say it was episode 38 um, about the you know teaching old dogs new tricks, that, that concept of constantly evaluating what worked, what didn't, what's next um, that you mentioned to earlier, because that's where we do that. That's where we, we accept that in. There's a couple of things as you were speaking that I was thinking about and how I, I used to think about this concept of failure and how I do now and, and sort of how things are different. And I, I do remember being fueled by failure. And that was a mistake, such a big mistake. Because I would decide, oh, this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm never gonna stop because I've decided this is what I'm gonna achieve. And you just but but specifically in this way, right? I've decided I'm gonna do it in this way. So it's not that the destinations change, it's the path I'm taking the destination, and I'm like. I don't care. I'm going to make it happen, right? But hook up my crook. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to power it through. I'm going to sleep in the office 24 seven if that's what it needs to happen. And you're just getting this whole weird, you know, mindset um, around that where you where the failure is starting to fuel fires in your organization because you're not listening to the feedback and you're not seeing the pushback that is happening and you're not seeing the obvious answers that are to the left and to the right of you because you won't look. Because you're too committed to avoiding failure, right? And that's where that mindset traps us, um, because we think it sounds great, like, "Oh, I don't, I never fail. I just keep going. I go and." But if you are doggedly determined to do it in a specific way, that has to happen that way, no matter what sometimes that can be a mistake not not all the times right but but sometimes it can be a mistake because you just beating your head up against the wall and and the concept especially for an entrepreneur is i'm going to pound my way through the wall i'm going to break through the wall and that's that doesn't happen it's hard to be able to say you know what this is ugly we call it see the ugly you have to see the ugly you have to you have to look at it and be like okay this just sucks okay now that it sucks and i'm admitting that it sucks right now that this is really ugly let's take a step out above, right? And what worked, what didn't, what's next? Now because accept this is ugly. Is there another way that might be out there? Now, sometimes the answer is going to be like, yeah, no, I can't see it. Okay. Then you go back in the ugly and you just keep trying to hustle the way through it or whatever the thing is you're doing. But a lot of times, most of the time I have found when I'm willing to be like, this just is horrible and admit that I'm in this tough spot that I poke my head out and I go, oh, but there's a, actually, if I step back, it's not about going through this wall anymore. It's like kind of like a maze for me. If I've gotten myself in a dead end of a maze, there is no way out now. I'm in the dead end. And if I just pop out of the maze and I look down, I go, oh, I just need to back up three steps and make a left instead of a right. And that leads me to the exit. And, but if I'm not willing to do that and I'm just doggedly determined, I'm going to be stuck at the dead end forever. And I see a lot of companies that do that. They just go, you know, insolvent because they just kept doing, doubling down on the same thing. Um, you see this a lot in human mentality, just in society in general, right? Now. Everyone just doubles down on the same thing as opposed to going, well, should this, is this still true, right? Yeah. Is there another way that's out there? So for, for us, that's sort of how we do it. We don't, um, you know, it's not about accepting defeat. It's about just going, okay, this, this isn't working, right? Um, oh, like it is about accepting defeat in a way because you're saying, Hey, my way didn't work, right? My initial yeah. idea didn't work. And I think there's, there's ego involved in that. So when you, when your ego is attached to it, you, it's a problem, right? But if you can let that go and then you can step out and above it, just the game becomes a lot easier. And and like, to your point, we created the game, it's your own rules. So if you're not doing that, you just change the rules. So you can, you know, cause you're the one in control of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you made me think of, I mean, I wrote down playing to win versus playing not to lose. Now I watch a lot of NFL football, but in, in, in it, it works in basketball. It works in baseball. It works in every sport. Right. But you can either, if you get ahead in the game, like you, your, your initial thing is going really well and you're, you have a large lead. It's like the tortoise and the hare parable, right? A lot of people will play not to lose then and they get more conservative, they they forget who they are, they they lose the momentum, and then suddenly they're reeling because it's not working, right? So versus playing to win is hey, keep the foot on the gas pedal, keep on being smart, don't ever let go because this game has a, a certain amount of time. And it makes me think about campaigns. So you know our best campaigns are the ones where we make adjustments mid campaign. So like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, you know, we have do a campaign almost every month, right, in this business for six years now. And the ones where, where it starts off slow and you make adjustments, you can turn it around and do better, right, at the end. Um, when you get it wrong and then you just accept it and you don't fight it it fails right so so i think that failing is also a fail or failure is a failure to make adjustments or to adjust to the reality you're in because everybody has a good plan until you get punched in the mouth according to mike tyson right so it's like yeah so like you can write these things out you can script it but but failure is a two-way street <laughs> right so so it's not so much like if you fail in marketing Yes, you can say, hey, I got data at least. But what you really failed to do is you failed to connect with the person on the other end. You failed them, right? So failure is not just a personal thing, right? In marketing, in the marketing world, it is that you failed. You were a failure to that other person. You failed them you failed to give them a message that they resonated you failed to price it the right way you failed to to hit the right hot button issues that they wanted to you failed to segment them and say this is the only person i'm going after this is the person i'm interested in you failed to do all these you failed to build a product that really resonated with them or you failed to give the right examples on your sales page you failed to give away too too little information, you failed to give away too much information. You know, you gave them too much, and they went and did it themselves. You gave them too little, and they're like, I don't like. They're not. They're not. I'm not going to pay money in order to see what's behind that curtain. It's you know, it's not there. So, those are all things that you can adjust. Like that's what the data point is. Is that if it's a binary thing, failing and not failing, then basically you can take that binary thing and you can get better at it. That's actually why I got into analytics in the first place. Google Analytics like Google Ads is a pass fail system. Either you get a conversion or you don't. <laughs> Google Analytics tells you the color in between the journey, right? It's like the the all 22 cam in football. Like I can see everything that's happening and I am all knowing and I can get into the mi- micro segments. That's like you can't really fail when you have enough data and when you collect enough, right? And that was the revolution for me when Google analytics came out, made my ad campaigns that I could actually see why did the, how much time did they spend on that page? Did they scroll or not? Like those types of things were huge, right? So when you, when you're on a pass fail basis, there's just no middle ground. And I don't really like that very much at all. How about you? Do you, do you, um, is that resonating with you? What I'm talking about? Anything that, that jumped out as, as we were going through that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially the part about um, kind of others viewpoints of, you know, it's just different viewpoints of failure, you know, looking at it from different angles help. So a, if you're looking at it from different angles, like, oh, well, it's not just, I am a failure, but I failed these other people, or I Or the system failed this other thing. Like I, I will naturally start to do that. So it's a kind of like, not a me thing, but it's a system that's failed. Maybe that's easier for me to look to emotionally see the ugly in the system because it's not me. It's the system that's ugly, right? It's like, oh, the system didn't work, or those decisions in that system didn't work. Cool. I'm just gonna, I'm just the player in the game. I'm not failing. It's just that this one thing I I built didn't fail, didn't work, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Now let's see the ugly in that, fix it because we can see it. And I think to your point about other viewpoints. And you mentioned that briefly earlier, but just to touch base on it again, the idea of coaches, the idea of going to the mastermind groups, talking to other owners, networking with other people who are at a similar or higher level than you are in certain skill sets that you're trying to achieve or results you're trying to get um, and talking to them because they are also playing their own individual games. And again, we cannot compare ourselves to them. That's not the idea, but they've learned different skills in the way they're playing their own games. So maybe they can help you out with that. And they can see this, you know, from a different perspective and what they look at as failure, or sorry, what you might be looking at as failure, they look at and they go, oh my gosh, yeah, you're only three steps away. That's just necessary. You're supposed to, this is the part where you make a left turn. Everybody yeah. hits this point, you know? Um, and now you go, oh, okay, now, I've, now I'm going to make a left turn. Okay. So now it's not failure. It was just a different way of progress, right? Yeah. I, I didn't realize I was making progress and I had accidentally stopped, right? Because it wasn't a dead end. If I look to my left, there was a whole path there that I didn't see, and having others coming in to see that because, and I think the biggest reason is because they are not emotionally attached to the results that you are trying to get. Yeah, you are emotionally attached to the results, which which clouds things, right? It, it, the emotions cloud things a little bit, um, or can in those ways. But the but having somebody else, having that coaching support that comes in, whether it's a high ticket coaching group or something, getting that advice to say like, oh, here's how we're seeing the situation from somebody who is detached to it. Um, I think is, is a huge um, standpoint. And I know you've done a bunch of coaching like that too. So you, you've had, you know, experience, I guess, on both sides of that.
0: Yeah. And I think the best coaches are the ones who just keep on bringing in your mindset. Like I, I have a health coach who's great. Cause every time that I, that I screw up, like I, I overeat or I drink too much or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to yell at me and he's like, And he always picks out the good things that I did. He's like, you know, six months ago, you didn't even know how to do these things. Like you, you, you got (laughs) into, you fell into your old habit, but then you admitted to it. You went, you snapped out of it. You went for a walk, you did these things. So you, here's the positive things of what I got out of this thing. And that's what he always does. And it's amazing because like, it just builds you up and that's what the best coaches do. They, they find the good in what you said. And then they, they lend the advice to say why, you know, they keep you on the track for what you're doing. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think masterminds can be that way, but they're but masterminds aren't coaches. Um, most people in masterminds are not qualified to be coaches. Most people have survivor bias; they brag about all the good things they're doing without admitting to all the crap they have that they're dealing with. And so, a lot of times, you got to consider the source. And so, I've sort of like taken them with a grain of salt a lot of the time, and just let their actions be stronger than their words. And I don't take advice from people who um, who I don't think are are genuine, or who I don't think really. Are worthy of advice. That's a big thing that I do is I don't take advice from people who aren't worthy of giving advice or who haven't been there before. Um, and and sometimes I fall into that trap, but it never never is successful when you take advice from the wrong people.
1: Yeah, I think you know as as we wrap up this topic, that that makes me think about how how I how I interact with these different groups with a, with a, with another owner or mastermind group or something like that. It's I I will buy the ingredients from them, but I I do not buy the meals from yeah. them right? Like I'll take their advice and I'm like, cool. Like, you know, they, they may have had other things that made it a little easier or whatever, or that made it work for them. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to kind of get the spirit of what they're saying, the ingredients behind it. And then I got to figure out how to apply it into my own dish, yes. but I'm not going to buy their, their complete meal kit. You know, cause it won't work because that's their, their system, you know, and mine is needs to be, you know, systems can't typically they, it's harder to, to snap in a, a piece. You've got to sort of evolve it and flex it into your existing system. That's why a lot of, a lot of people that buy systems or try to do this, they, they end up to hurting their organizations because they don't realize they've got to merge these two things. Um, but that's how I think about it is, you know, taking the advice is just an ingredient, but not the main dish um, so 100%. blindly follow somebody's plan.
0: Yeah, it's like trusting somebody on social media. We all know that we present our best self in social right. media and people do it in masterminds too. They are not yep. telling you the whole truth. So don't take it as if that's how their day-to-day life is. It's
1: and it doesn't mean they're bad people. Media. A lot of them just don't know it. <laughs> like yeah. they haven't looked they don't know their numbers as well. They don't know the things as well. They don't sometimes they don't realize our company's on fire as they're out there talking about
0: how awesome our company is. You know, I wish that I was I've dumber that too. sometimes, right? <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't have as much of a data What is it? Time.
1: Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah, like that yeah. matrix, that matrix part where he's like, yeah, yeah, eating the steak and he's like, I know this is fake. but but man, I, I really want to get back to knowing it was fake. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's some piece of that. Well, I guess as, as we wrap this up, any other final thoughts that you've got on, uh, kind of this concept of failing or, you know, some final advice on. No, that, i say failing just or keep
0: going. Failed? Like you're only a failure if you give up. It's just how we started it. And, you know, just keep your mind right and keep on really understanding and just focusing on what you can do. Just keep yeah. on going.
1: Yep. Keep breathing, keep making it happen. And on that happy note, thank you all for listening to Business Unfiltered. Of course, you know, this is something where, you know, if you're just listening to these different topics and and you've got some different thoughts from it, I think it's amazing. Like the fact that you're thinking about it and playing around with it, your next step, talk to somebody else about it, share what you've learned here. I mean, obviously if you can share the podcast that you've learned, that'd be awesome. We appreciate that as well. Uh, But really we want this for you because when you start actually teaching it to somebody else or talking about it with somebody else, it becomes a skill. So if you know, failing versus being a failure and any of this stuff resonate with you, talk to other people about it, help spread the word. Uh, and with that, we appreciate you for listening to Business Unfiltered. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Russell and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.